Okay. One, two, one, two. Testing, one, two. Danny, are you there? Yes. Did you start recording? Yes, I started recording. I'm just waiting to say oh. music. I just wanted to make oh, sure yeah. you're there. Yeah, okay, I'm everybody. Here. Okay. Let me check my notes. Okay. Cue music. We're back. That's so hard. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here, and you're there listening to us on every platform. So thank you. Or watching, or if we're still putting this on YouTube. No, this this is not a. Uh, this is a, do we still put this on YouTube? Yes, we do. And actually, if everybody wants, I know. I knew that. We get zero views. If you want to see a web series that gets zero, it's just Vinny watching it over and over again. It's just me, and I don't care. And my, me checking out myself if I if this is the beard length I want to stick to. Exactly. So, uh, uh, but every I am Vinny Dunleavy, Danny McCartney, and we are Dad So Hard, and uh, uh, we want to thank. Listen, if you like what you're about to hear, please uh, keep listening. Five star review on Apple Podcasts, Danny. Where else? Yeah. Can see us. Where else can they? Uh, and where else are they? A little social media action: Instagram, Facebook, uh, Dad So Hard Podcast, uh, Twitter at Dad So Hard Pod, uh, the website we are Dad So Hard Email that's a hard podcast at gmail.com. Uh, are we LinkedIn? Are we on LinkedIn? We are not on LinkedIn. I noticed that today. I tried to tag. Well, something. you can, you can check us out individually on LinkedIn. That always helps. You can find, um, find us there. You can just search the internet. That's a hard podcast and see what pops up. Yeah. I'm sure we pop up uh, on, sure. on Bing or, or ask <laughs> Act, uh, searches. Excite, excite. Yeah. Alta, Alta Vista, your favorite yeah. platform. Uh, today's episode, though, everybody, uh, Danny and I promised you a, some new episodes in, in this new season. Where, where, yep. where, what we we are, interviewed someone. We interviewed somebody, uh, but this is what we're softly calling season three. Uh, uh, in a, well, it's not really season three. I'm calling it season three of Dad's Order. Wouldn't it be? Ah, whatever. Well, it should be season like five. Technically, technically it would be season two if, we're, if the season is a year. No. Yeah, but this is our third year. We're in our third year. Yeah, we are. I think this we're in our second year. No, third year. Oh, my gosh. We started in 2018. So 2018 to 2019, 2019, 2019, 20. Oh, shit. This is the third year. So thank yeah, you to look be, at that. Uh, for all those folks on the journey with us, thank you. But uh, today, we are bringing you an interview that we've already done. That's phenomenal. That's informative. Yeah. It's, it's uh, And that's that's the way we do it now. We're, we're high tech. We are so we, we do are, the interview, know what we talk about, and then tell you, give you a little prep. We've really, after after seventy seven episodes, we figured out what other podcasts have figured out. We said, "Hey, I think other podcasts do interviews. Let's try to figure out how they do it." And so we did. Uh, but this week's guest is a social media friend of us, uh, a gentleman who goes by Brian, friend of the program, uh, <laughs> friend of the dads. He's a he's a hard dad. Uh, Brian Panuzio, who is a Jersey boy, so for no. all our state listeners, Pan- he is originally from Jersey. Panuzo, oh, sorry, Panuzo. Brian Panuzo. Um, it's uh, uh, P-A-N-N-U-Z-Z-O, if you are listening to spell. But we're going to, uh, he has a very successful podcast launched uh, about six months ago called the Success Lift Podcast. Better be successful with that name. You got it. I mean, it's, and it's, uh, if you're not, then there's a problem. But we are going to help him even be but more. he is. And he is so, but he is about uh, 
we are about to discuss what it, his, his whole thing is about elite fatherhood, how not just working hard and dadding hard, but how to, how to be an elite father in these times. And, uh, and what, I think just being a better person, making yourself better, how to make yourself better. Right. Uh, yeah, overall, it's just, and, and being a better man, what does that mean? And, I actually already feel like a better person, like having spoken to him. I, I, I mean, I learned a lot. I think you learned a lot. Yeah, no, and like, like no shit, no lie. Like, come, come, you're going you're gonna to come away from listening to this episode with some tips and tricks on how to be a better person. Now, Danny, can you... I can, think. Is there one thing you could preview for people from this episode? Do you remember anything from it? Yes. <laughs> I remember it all. I'm not going to give it away and act like it was my own okay. self-help advice. We're going to tease it. We're going to tease it. But at the end, it's a great interview. And at the end, we do a, a new segment. We're going to start calling Rapid Fire. and we're, Which uh, isn't a new segment, which we, we've done every time we've interviewed someone. We just do it a little differently every single time. After, after you listen to this episode, or before you listen to Brian's interview, hit pause. Go Google the success. Go follow him. Follow him on Instagram, follow his podcast, uh, and then listen to this interview, and uh, then go back, and if you like what you hear, go listen and binge a bunch of his interviews. Uh, and uh, Again, that's Success Lift Podcast, and check out his website, thesuccesslift.com. And then tell us- what- Obviously, check him out on Instagram and, and all that stuff. I think he's on Instagram and LinkedIn. Great. And, then, and by the way, next week, we have another killer- interview coming up as well so keep your so work, eyes open we're coming at you left and right left you can't bob right. and weave away from us we'll find you wherever you are okay enjoy. got you up against the ropes with the interviews in 2020 enjoy enjoy <laughs> if you like we just fire we're, we're, we're firing on all cylinders. Well, here we go, guys. Uh, everybody, we told you what to expect. Uh, we are here. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get this name right too, Brian, now that I've, uh, I'm going to practice it. But Brian Pananuzo. Is that right? Panuzo. Yeah, Panuzo. Panuzo. You yeah. added uh, an extra syllable. It's okay. I'm from, I'm I'm from a, Jersey. I'm, I'm an Italian from Jersey. <laughs> there we go. Unlimited, unlimited syllables. Unlimited syllables are allowed. <laughs> I'm a wannabe. I'm a, I am an Italian. I was about to say wannabe Italian. But uh, we, I'm actually excited we have most of the tri-state area represented here between Staten Island, Long Island, and now uh, New Jersey. Although now in California, but still Jersey to the, uh, with the voice, there's no... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my best Jersey accent for you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's hard. Uh, we are excited because we are, uh, as I think Danny and I probably said in the intro, we are starting this uh, series of interviews. And I don't know Brian. In, uh, so Brian has been somebody who... I was introduced to about two months ago, and I was at, we were on vacation Fire Island, and one of my friends texted me, said, you got to listen to this guy. I think you would be interested in what he has to say. And I think at that point, uh, there was like three or four episodes of your podcast, uh, The Success Lift Out. And it was uh, fascinating to me because I think Danny and I always say, we're dad, dads are hard, it's about dads who work hard, play hard, and dad harder. And I think when you sort of think about, when you talk about what you're doing as an elite father, that to me takes it to a whole nother level because uh, I think we would we vision to be elite at anything in our lives, let alone fatherhood. Um, but I think it's, a, uh, it's a, a fascinating mission. Do you want to talk a little bit about, Brian, just about like uh, that idea of elite dads and dadding in that world of balancing it? How did you like, 
uh, we'll talk about a little bit about your background and we'll get in, we have a bunch of questions on one, but just talk like what got you to the idea of uh, how elite fatherhood could exist? Yeah, well, first of all, it's a work in progress for me, just like everybody else. So I'm, I'm working every single day to become more of an elite father. Uh, I feel like I've wasted a lot of my life um, not being truly elite <laughs> and giving all I can to all aspects of my life, all foundational pillars of my yeah. life. Um, I fell into sort of the same trap that I think a lot of men do. I'm 42 years old, you know, for 20 years, I worked on Wall Street. I was a Wall Street guy. I was a high yield bond trader. And I, I, I was a business and economics major in college. Most of my basketball teammates went on to financial careers. I lived right outside of New York City. I sort of just fell into this pattern that most men do, especially a lot of guys that, you know, we know in our area, right? Um, where I just did what I decided I was going to do at 17, which was I'm going to be a business economics major. I like finance. You know, I like numbers. I like money and followed a couple guys into some training programs and life happens really, really quick. Right. And money starts to come in and you have a family and you buy stuff, you accumulate and you find yourself in this rat race, this cul-de-sac, whatever you want the analogy to be. And I realized after about 16, 17 years of that career, I started to question certain things like, what the heck am I doing with my life? You know, I, I made a decision literally when I was 17 years old, you know, to choose a major in college that's sort of defined the next 20 years of my life. And, you know, it, it, it brought me amazing things. Uh, it provided for me, it provided opportunity for my family, but I sort of woke up in the midst of some crises in my life, uh, all self-induced. Well, my mom passed away. That wasn't self-induced, but you know, the, the, the sedating and, and the, the disconnection that I constantly felt like I needed to do to get away from stress, anxiety, and pressure and holding things in as a man, as the leader of my family, I couldn't share things with my wife because I thought I had to be strong. I thought I had to like be this like stoic guy during my mom's uh, illness. And then also, you know, another moment where uh, my son asked me to physically get down on the ground with him and play Legos when he was five years old and I couldn't without being in pain. And I told myself this story throughout my twenties. I was a basketball player. I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm six, six, you know, Oh, it's just every, every guy that makes 2 million bucks a year on my floor wakes up and I'm sorry, gets up from the desk and complains about their knee, their back, their ankle, yeah. their shoulders or something like, Oh, that guy's successful. This must be what I'm supposed to do. You know? Yeah. So we sort of just fell into this pattern that I think a lot of guys do not out of greed, but just out of like, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And then life happens real quick. And we find out, you know, years and years down the line, did, it, was this actually something that I was truly meant to do to begin with? How much, when you reflect back on that, because I think we're all, I mean, Danny's a young in here in thir at, at 35. Uh, I'm probably, I'm the most senior at 46. But like growing up in the 70s and 80s, I think how much do you look back on going, was it, do you think if it was like your own father that influenced a lot of that? Or was it more media and the world? Because I find now, it's sort of trying to understand in my, with my own kids, like how much of it is truly going to be based on how I treat them, even given the fact that media and the rest of the world is still acting very differently. But when you, cause you had a very hardcore vision of this is what, what I'm going to do, which a lot of guys have. Do you think that was more society as well as your own situation or? Yeah, I don't, you know, that that's a good question. It never really been posed to me in that, in that, in that manner. Um, I mean, my dad was a blue collar electrician, so no, <laughs> because, <laughs> what, actually, honestly, honestly, the one thing I can point to is, and I even remember this at a young age, 
My dad was a second generation electrician, family business, GP Electric stood for George Panuzzo. Uh, that's my grandfather. My dad ran the business. I remember at a very early age saying to my dad, this, this thing's dying with you. You better have another son if you need this to keep going because it wasn't for me. I knew, you know, he'd bring me to jobs and it wasn't for me. So, you know, maybe I, I, I sort of intuitively knew that I didn't want to be, you know, an electrical contractor, but um, I didn't, I had, I had no passion, desire, earning for like, like to, to be the person that I became, the career choice that I came. I just sort of fell into it because yeah. I saw people that I looked up to doing it ahead of me, a couple of years ahead, right? Basketball teammates, guys in my neighborhood, guys from high school, you know, our culture of, of, of friends and family. I just sort of fell into that pattern. So I didn't have like, I didn't make a conscious decision. Like this is what I want to do with my life. I think I would argue that most people don't and they sort of fall into it. And then, you know, like I said, we sort of tell ourselves these things like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Wall Street guy, you know, I, I'm a whatever. And you know, yeah, you just, it's a story you're telling. So you're making it up, make something else up. Yeah. 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 And you get to that point where you're like X many years in and you're like, well, I can't start over. <laughs> so that was that's a big thing, here. right? Uh, how, how, and, I, and I dealt with that at 35, at 36, when I started to change aspects of my life, you know, from a health perspective and relationships and my marriage was on the brink. Um, and my, my health really had failed me, you know, I still, the, the, the work thing took me another five years to get over because it was like, well, shit, if I'm not doing yeah. this, what am I, what am I, yeah. how could I possibly replace this income? How could I possibly replace this lifestyle? Yeah. Uh, and like, really took me this long to this- make X amount. I'm yeah. not starting from scratch. Go ahead. And I was saying, what I think is interesting about that is that we put so much pressure on the way we're parenting as if our kids will be a direct result of what happens in my house as if they don't have any additional thought or they're not influencing right. their community. But your story is an example of, of actually the community and the guys you were around. And I think to some degree, the things that are out of our control can influence our children more, if not the same, if not more than what's actually going on. And I think we struggle so much. With, I feel like with parenting, everybody's like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, I can tell my kids not to curse in my house. I won't, if I cannot curse around them, they're going to go down the street. They're going to hear cursing. So th- there is the world that we pretend does not exist, but like it does have a giant influence on them. And, and, and hopefully they go down, you know, you want them to go the right way. But in your case, uh, yeah, what your dad did had no necessarily direct correlation to that. Yeah. I think we try to instill the morals and then say, whatever you see out there, they try to make the best decisions. <laughs> I think that's Survive. the best way to go about it. It's the best way to go about it. Right. Like instilling them proper values, instilling them things that you want them to be, you know, empathy, kindness, love, like things like that. And like, they have to make their, their own people. They're going to make their own decisions, whether, you know, you like it or not. So, you know, the best thing you can do is just like, like, like talk, walk, walk the talk, walk the walk, you know, whatever the phrase is. Like you have to do the things that you want them to do. If you are just sitting here, you know, yapping away while you do something completely different, they, 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 they learn with their eyes, you know, in their ears and, and they see you doing something, they're more likely to do it. And that's, that is what I am trying to do with my life now because I didn't do it for so long. How have you, so in terms of, because I feel like what's interesting about what you're doing is it's not just the way, it's not just your business, but it's also the way you're living your life, right? So talk a little bit about, I think the mission of what you're trying to do with success lift. Uh, and then we uh, we have, some, I want to do some questions on elite fatherhood, but like, how sure. do you, uh, cause it's also, I, I find sometimes it's what you love to do and doing it, it's staying motivated on it. And uh, the whole thing is, is wrapped up in a, 
It's a lot of energy to be able to do. Yeah. So, so again, I, you know, going back to, you know, about five years ago, there was a lot of things going on in my life that required me to make some pretty major changes. Um, you know, I went through a death in my family. Uh, my wife basically told me if we didn't have two young kids hanging around, she probably two young kids, we, she probably wouldn't be hanging around, uh, which was a massive wake up call for me. And then I sort of had this story that I told myself about my body and my health and how it, you know, sort of related to the rest of my life and my, and my profession, that it was just something that I was going to have to live with, you know, my destiny and accept that fact to be mediocre in some aspects of my life. And I realized that I didn't want that. I didn't want to be financially successful, career successful at the expense of a mediocre marriage, a mediocre connection in my, you know, within my, with my wife, um, to be around my kids, but not, you know, have like the connection and the moments that I really truly desired to have with them. Um, and so, you know, I sort of started to explore trial and error on myself and realized that, you know, you can make some pretty dramatic changes in your life if you just put your mind to it and, and start slowly and focus on one thing at a time and don't try to change 20 years of behavior in two months because uh, that's not possible. And so, uh, you know, had, had people start to take notice and, and say, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing this? You look, you look great. You look a lot better. Did you lose 20 pounds? Yeah, I lost 20 pounds. You're not limping anymore. Are you playing basketball again? I haven't seen you play basketball for 10 years, you know? So things like that, where I just started this decided like, you know, maybe, maybe I could help people to do this because they're reaching out to me. And I I was challenged by, you know, a a coach that I had hired to be part of this men's group, uh, just to sort of expand myself, get around new people. You know, I was around one class of guys and I wanted to sort of expand my horizons and, and be around different people to push me. And so they challenged me to basically start a side hustle. You know, just like the, the podcast, you know, like figure it out, you know, asking people to see, to see if, see if you, they, they'd, they'd work with you if you, you know, and so I asked 10 people and seven said, yes, they're all close friends, you know? So I realized that it was still, it was still, um, it was still scary to reach out to them and ask the question, yeah. you know? And I thought they were all going to say no. And it was like validation for me. Like, oh, maybe they feel sorry for me or maybe, <laughs> or maybe uh, that, you know, they actually see value in some, something that I provide. And then yeah. slowly but surely after a year, year or so, you know, I just built up the confidence to, to go leave a 20 year career and start doing this on my own. So uh, that's been sort of, that's a short story, uh, but it's, but it's, it's one foot in front of the other. It's trial and error. It's figuring it out, obviously finding people uh, in your life to help push you, motivate you. Yeah. Uh, and also time collapse results, I think is super important. So whether it be a business coach, a motivational coach, uh, just a set of friends that sort of level up, you know, allow you to level up is super, super important. I think. What would you say for folks? Like, I always think like, and me and Danny have gone through this in our own journey with the podcast where sometimes you got to like reevaluate, pull back, put forward, but for, Guys who are, say, not elite or are, have, say, like, you know, you haven't necessarily been driven by that your whole life and you want to make a change, but there's not a necessarily a motivating factor. Because I find, sometimes I find these stories come out of somebody who it's like, it comes from having either a tragedy or a real thing. But what if you don't, like, sometimes I wonder, what if you don't have that? How do you, can, can it be manufactured by somebody or do you have to take a look and say, okay, I know I need to make a change or how do you get that person to wake up? Look, I I think people wake up when they're ready. So, you know, it it has to be on their own time. You have to have, you know, some level of urgency or crisis in your life. Um, So I think it comes for everyone at a different moment. But, you know, what I encourage people to do all the time, because most everybody has a... um, a, a physical goal. Like I want to lose weight. I want to look better, you know, but, but like, why, why, you know, like, so, so to, to take you back five or six years now, when my wife basically said, I'm not so sure about this. The first thing that I did not thinking 
first thing I did was I, 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 got, I got into better shape. I lost 20 pounds because in my head, I thought that if I looked better, she would fall back in love with me, which she doesn't mind me looking better, but it's the, it was the dumbest thing that I could think of at the time. What I was in search of now, I understand after the fact and where I try to tap into people to basically, you know, not really find your why, but go deeper. Like what does for me, 215 pounds versus 235 mean for a lot of people, you know, that might be the weight that they were when they met their wife, right? When their connection was at all time highs, when they were dating, when there was passion, right? And so you might associate a number on a scale with a time in your life where things were better. So it's, about, it's, it's figuring out like, what exactly does that number mean? Because I can show you 10 scenarios where you could stay at 235 and be super happy, right? You could feel better, you could, you could look better because we could change body composition. But like, why do we attach so much to the number? And a lot of times that's, that's something built up over the course of time where it's like, oh, well, I was 215 when I met my wife. And you know, that's when we, our relationship was amazing. And that's what I want to get back to. So you can get back to an amazing relationship with your wife, 20 pounds heavier than you are right now. It's the yeah. reality. So, yeah. right? It's just what you're putting your focus on. Yeah. And why it's, it's, it's why. Yeah. And, and it's again, so and attaching yourself to that also in moments of weakness, we are master negotiators with ourselves, right? We, in the moment, we will talk ourselves into anything. Oh yeah. I can, I can yeah. Do, right. And so, but so, so when it's, you know, when it's a number, whatever, the number can, can start again tomorrow. But when it's something that's really meaningful, like, you know, my wife might divorce me. My, I want to be around to walk my daughter down the aisle. I got some shitty blood work back from my doctor. And he said, if I don't keep the, you know, if I keep this pace up 25 years from now, I'm in trouble. So those are the things that are going to slam the refrigerator door shut, the pantry closed, right. get the last rep up on the bench, whatever. Like not, you know, me pushing you, come on, Vinny, come on, Danny, let's go. You can do this. Uh, yeah. You might get it up. But if I hit, if I hit a nerve, that's like five or six layers deep, like within, you know, inside of you that only is meaningful to you, that bar is flying up. That refrigerator is slamming shut, right? Those are the bigger purpose things. So I I tell people all the time, it's okay to attach this massive purpose to these small decisions in your life. It can get a little overwhelming filtering it through that lens every single time, every single time you make a decision. But shit, if you did that, you'd make some pretty darn good decisions. Absolutely. That works. How many times you have a day that's off the rails and you're like, well, fuck it. Today's gone. (laughs) And you may, and you know, we treat start over tomorrow. Yeah. We treat the decisions like it's an accumulated portfolio instead of just being one decision. Like it's just one decision. So can you make a better decision right now? given that you just made four or five poor ones, like all, all it takes is turning around one decision. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I think it's, and I, to that point, I think when uh, a lot of folks and I think we have a lot of friends who listen to podcasts and it's sometimes a lot of either moms, women, or, or guys who are not married yet. And I think there's a lot of guys out there that are thinking about like, Oh, when I get married, do I want to have kids? How many kids I want to have? And I think there's, we create these expectations for ourselves in what these things should be and what I should be doing. And in reality, it's, you just got to go. If you want, if you think you can handle two kids, have two. If you can have one, have one. If you want to have six, have six. But it is a, no matter what it is, it's a daily, you do your best. You're not going to be, nobody, you can't be judged by, and sometimes we judge ourselves worse than anybody else. We are, oh, we yeah, are the we're, wor- we're the worst judges of ourselves. We, oh, we will yeah, rake bro. ourselves through the mud. We're our hardest critics. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so this is a great example. The three of us are on a call, right? And I'm, I spill my guts. I tell you how terrible my life is going. The two of you are going to instinctively pick me up, right? 
you know, tell yeah. me how great I am. I got the podcast. I'm doing such great things in my life, right? Both of us, both of you are going to hang up the phone and you're going to go talk, talk to yourselves about how terrible you are. Like, like we're so yeah. quick to pick ourselves up, especially as men. You know, we'll, we'll do it for a friend. We'll do it for a teammate. We'll do it for a coworker. Yeah. And then we'll just go absolutely drag ourselves, you know, through, through the mud. Um, you know, so it's, it's so critical for me since I've found to have these relationships. Men don't do this very well. Men don't commiserate. I heard you guys say on a, on a recent podcast, you know, we don't, we don't share stuff. It's like we, we think that we're all supposed to ball it all up inside, stuff it down and yeah. soldier on. And you can only do that for so long until you break down, until you sedate. Explode, you yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like a lot of us do. Well, that's what I, was, I, I do. I started doing the Peloton, and there's some classes on in where all of a sudden you just have to like they want you to yell out like you're doing good. And I think there are sometimes where I try to do my own affirmations of like, yeah, like I have a I'm very lucky. I have a great job. I love my life. Things are good. Like you have to if you can't verbally affirm, affirm your own greatness in life, nobody's going to do it for you. And whether or not like you just have to be able to. But it is awkward sometimes to stand in a mirror and just say, yeah, like I look good today. Yeah, rattle off the pros. Rattle off, be like, I'm not, I'm not in overdraft protection today, and that's a fucking success. Like, I actually have cash in my checking account. I'm doing well, right? Like, food is on the table. I I have a buddy who plays like the Superman theme song while while he makes his coffee. Like, he's he's not an R. Kelly fan, but R. Kelly, like, I'm I'm the greatest or whatever. Like, like you don't. His his belief is if you don't believe you're the man. No one else is going to. And there's, there's a lot of truth sure. to that. Whether you think that that's weird, soft, you know, whatever or not, like if you don't think you're the man, no one else is going to believe it. Uh, 100%. So that's why Danny sometimes in our episodes, we'll just look at each other and say, you're the man. And then he goes, yeah, I like to think I'm, I'm my the biggest man. I'm the man. <laughs> Were you talking straight into the camera, looking at yourself doing that or are you actually telling yeah, me? Oh, yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. Right in myself. Half the show is just a hype show. Danny and I are just convincing ourselves we're great fathers. It has nothing to do with anything. We're just here to say we're awesome. When I, when yeah, I don't even this, broadcast the episode. Just listen back to it. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I, with the affirmations, man, I struggle. So I've recorded them. Oh. So I, I no, you got doing, it. Them, doing them every day. So I record it. So I listen. I only have to feel good once. My wife, I'm sure, I'm sure your wife has asked you this question. Because my wife said, why are you starting a podcast about uh, dadding so hard, or is it just about how I'm a terrible mother? And I said, it has nothing to do with you being a terrible mother. It has to do with how fucking awesome I am as a father. And that is the point. I am a great dad, and I want some credit for it, and I'm gonna go out there and tell everybody all the shit I do so I could continue to feel good about myself because I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing- And ignore all the negatives. And ignore it all, right? Like, I don't like, you You do you, you're a great mom, but like, because I don't think anybody- Start start your own damn podcast. That's right. Yeah, you go go hang on mine. But I do think it's it's hard for dads. It's just not like I, I'd love to say we're all on a movement. I do think in like maybe five years there'll be a there'll be a movement for fathers. But like uh, I think we're getting there. But it is not in the public forum for fathers to be up there as and especially as listen. We're also three white guys to be out there saying like we deserve more credit for the lives we're leading is not publicly in the best sure. thing. But I still think parenthood. And, and getting fathers uh, the respect they need where uh, a lot of the, and I think a lot of it is pushing executives, and I talk about this at work, is that we need to ask male executives when they're on TV and when they're doing interviews, like, what's it like being a father? Because all the parenting becomes about the female executives. And like, listen, some guys have to choose if they want to be a CEO not to see their families. Right. And if that's their choice, 
more power to them to be a CEO working 90 hours a week. But there's a lot of executives that still have to do things. And like, where are, where is that conversation as a, as a male C-suite guy about how they're balancing not only exercise, fatherhood, their marriage. We ask it to every female executive, but we rarely hold our own selves accountable with each other. And I think young guys today, the younger generation, if we could at least role model that and bring up the conversation, it'll happen more in the next five to 10 years, right? Yeah, you're, get, you're getting a little bit to the crux of why I even started the podcast, just to have conversations with people who are on the surface to the public extraordinarily successful right from a financial perspective from a career you know standpoint perspective and it's like what else is going on in your life because we don't always see what's you know to the public eye right like social media is is a great representation of that it's the it's the top 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 one percent of all of our lives right for for most of us so it's to have these conversations like yeah it's great you know i i I got 20 million dollars in the bank but you know what like my my wife divorced me six years ago and i only see my kids on the weekends and that kills me you know so that was sort of the idea to give people like you know all this stuff i I talk a lot in financial terms still as it pertains to our health and there's opportunity costs in everything that we do right going to the gym we we have chosen to do this versus doing something else right now going to the gym in the moment is there's opportunity costs for that sitting on the couch and not doing anything, there's an opportunity cost for that. So, you know, whatever we do, there are there are ramifications, re- repercussions to, to, to all of it, for sure. Well, speaking of opportunity costs, and as we get, I want, and, I, and uh, if you've been listening to this, and, you, you're, in, and you're into this uh, episode this long, then you're definitely gonna be into Brian's uh, podcast, which is the success left, and we're gonna, uh, we're, we're, we're gonna post all the links, but check it out. But I want to do on an opportunity cost, we're going to give uh, Brian some rapid fire choices that me and Danny face on a day-to-day basis. And we're going to see which one he is going to choose for us. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go to this list. And Danny, if there's ones after I go this, if you have other options you want to throw out there, McCartney, I'm sure you planned a few. Wait, so, you think I'm not a planner? You're not a planner. I know. It's, okay. So we do this. Burger King or McDonald's French fries? What do we right. choose? So is this like a health better better health choice or is this like what my Your choice? Is? You tell us, you tell us. Elite All fathers. Right. Are they going burger right. fries or McDonald's fries? All right. So you're gonna make me choose one, I'm gonna go McDonald's fries. Now if I could just turn this into right. my own rapid fire. Yes. Obviously the right choice is most of the time neither. Um, and I would also just have you jump on a plane, come out to the West Coast and go in and out fries. Those would, that would be my You're out of your mind. In no, fries are like cardboard. Oh wow! Okay, all right. Yeah. I, oh, awesome. I respect your answer. I respect. You I'm know what? You could also go I'm down to Florida. To, I grew up in Bergenfield, New Jersey. At the top of my block, there was a Miami yeah. subs. There is not okay. much better than a oh, no, than yeah. curly fries from Miami subs. I'm pretty sure curly fries now, take the cake. I will say Jersey fries at a diner with gravy ultimately are the best French fries. Experience. Disco fries. Yeah. Disco uh-huh. fries. I'm not a big uh, gravy guy. Listen, I have a lot of leftover oh, fry eating in this house. My son lives on Burger King, Burger King uh, 10 chicken nuggets and fries. And so uh, McDonald's was closer. That's where I'd be. Okay, we're at number two. We're going to do a backyard hamburger on the barbecue or I'm going to say a hot dog or, 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 or a backyard hot dog. Which one should we be eating? I go, I go hamburger all day. I'm, I'm just a hamburger guy. Better source, better source of protein, better quality. Everything health-wise, too. Like, yeah, it's just uh, all around better. All day. I go are, you making, all day. are you making your own hamburgers, or are you doing like a Bubba Burger? I would make my own hamburgers. Bubba Burgers. Here's a question so for you guys. so bad for you, Bubba do Burgers. You go, do you go boiled hot dog or grilled hot dog? 
Oh, grilled. Grilled, grilled, grilled. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was a trick question. I was going to immediately disengage no, from this conversation. No, no, no. Yeah, no dirty terrible. water dogs here. No, no, no. So uh, a micro brew of your choice or a spike seltzer? All right, Please. stay with me on this one. Um, my, my, my buddy recently introduced, shout out to my man, Alex, uh, who's, who's, I've been friends with and member of my, yep. my club in Tenafly, New Jersey, hard seltzer with a floater of vodka. So you get the, you I've get heard, a, I've, I, I've not done it yet. I've heard that. So you basically get a shot of vodka on the rocks yep. and then you put the hard seltzer on top of it. And that's what so you start idea. with, start with the, and the, but the good point, you start with the vodka on the bottom. So it's yeah. like a vodka soda. It's just like, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a double or double and a half, maybe a triple vodka soda. Yeah. yeah. That Innovative. Is. I like it. Ooh, yeah. nice. Otherwise, without, without the extra shot, you probably got to go micro brew. Yeah. Think. I'm going to, I think yeah. I'm going to extra shots this weekend. Because I also feel like Spike Seltzer is a warm weather in the Northeast here. I can't, I, it's like, I agree with that. Un, agree. Until this innovative a, Spike Seltzer, I was going beer all day, but now I think I got to try this. Do you have a go to <laughs> micro brew? I don't. No, not okay. I. I'm, I'm a Miller Lite guy. I'm nice and easy. <laughs> Got it. You're such a Nick Lachey, Miller High Life, 1987. I, I mean, the best. You're probably still why. Okay, so two more. Tastes less filling. No low calories. Uh, <laughs> spinning versus running. Which exercise of choice? You're gonna spin, spin, uh, spin it on the bike, or and not biking. Spin class at home. Or in, a, or in a facility, or just going out for a run. I'm not a spinner. I'm also not a runner, like long form runner. But I would I would choose running over spinning. So I'm more of a uh, I'm you know basketball guy. So it's like running, suicides, walking, jumping, <laughs> stopping, sliding. You know, like I like to go find a hill, go to the bottom, run up the top, do some push <sighs> up the top, walk down, strength maybe running walk up this time, yeah, do some lunges, things like that. How many burpees can you do in one sitting? I imagine uh, 25 I burpees. Guy. I don't do a lot of burpees. That's oh, too much effort. Too they much kill. Effort. Burpees are yeah. the worst. Yeah. Plus, oh. I feel like, you know, us older guys, um, our form starts to, you know, starts to suffer yeah. when we get tired. And crashing down to the floor uh, oh. is a recipe to jack up your wrists and your shoulders. And it's just like, why not just lose a tooth? Really, yeah. <laughs> why not just do some really properly executed push-ups and squats as opposed yep. to just absolutely falling to the floor and almost yeah. touching your face. Oh my God. That may be my reason never to do a burpee again. There you go. I'm going to save my ankles. <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, last, so these are two power foods that have been very trendy the past two years. We're going to go cooking with kale or Brussels sprouts. Where do you lean on this one? I think kale is overrated personally. I'm more of a arugula and spinach guy. Uh, oh, okay. And no, and no, has any vegetable made a bigger comeback from our childhood than Brussels sprouts? It's, like, yeah. it's amazing. It's like, it came out. like if you don't do this, I'm going to feed you Brussels sprouts. And now yeah. it's like Brussels sprouts. I want to know where they went. Like where were Brussels sprouts in the late eight in the nineties? Like it almost feels like they just like, did, was there a farming crisis in the world? Right. And, and, or it was like, there's some country was like, we're only going to do Brussels sprouts. So a sales guy showed up in the U S and was like, Brussels sprouts everywhere. And they're on sale. And the next day, every restaurant, like, because I have to imagine with these restaurants and food trends, it's all coming back to somebody secretly being like, let's just, you know, get it out there. Get it's a commodity. Drop it, drop it. And next yeah. Just combine it with bacon. Sales skyrocket. That's what yeah, I was it was probably say. the cheapest the vegetable other, that was out there. The other no-brainer as in that comparison is Brussels sprouts pair much better with bacon. So that's the obvious. Yeah. Oh, it is the best. Well, listen, I, I, so, I, 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 Brian, this has been – so Danny and I have been trying to get our shit organized for months now. 
And uh, I am, uh, I have been thrilled. Uh, uh, I feel like uh, you were dropping new knowledge and uh, uh, want everybody to go listen to your, to uh, the sex, sex, success lift podcast. I, when I learn how to speak. I made uh, it on purpose. So that people sometimes I, screw up and say sex. So that was usually sex, the sex lift podcast. Yeah. It should also improve your sex life. Cause you're going to get podcast, success. It doesn't matter either way. You're going to get it. You know? No, you're going to exercise. You're going to exercise better. You get inspiration, motivation. We're all not going to beat ourselves up and we're all going to be better dads and ideally better in shape. Uh, and we're going to, uh, people, we're going to be better people. What, uh, so wait, uh, you're going to email me anyway, Brian, and we're going to read, before we start, we're going to make sure we, we read in our opening where everybody's going to go and we're going to sure. link it for you. But where else, uh, outside of the success lift, what is there, what other, what other, what else can we plug? Yeah, no, I, look, I appreciate that. I love what you guys are doing. Um, I love the mission. I love the fact that, you know, you're not, you're not bogged down by details. You're just going like, if people just live their life this way, you know, and that, and that, that's a compliment. That's not a dig. We take it, we take it. I have no idea what you're doing. You just throw it out there. I love that. Um, but look, but like the more that people, we, we talked about this maybe even before we hit record, right? Take action, ready, fire, aim. Even if you don't aim, just, just figure it out. Re, you know, audit, go back, figure out what's working, what's not. Take away what's not working. Keep going. Like, just keep that process going. Put your head down. And in a year, you'd be way further ahead than you possibly could ever imagine. Um, so that's sort of my mantra, my MO. It's how I live my life. Um, you can um, pay attention to me on my podcast, The Success Lift, like you mentioned. Uh, if you go to thesuccesslift.com, I put together a free uh, ebook. Don't worry, it's short. It's like 17 pages, and it's the old school uh, times. My kind of book. Uh, we used in college you know where you write a paragraph it took up a page um oh yeah super short super sweet it's a lot of the things that i was experimenting with in my life five or six years ago when i was going through a huge transformational process what i was doing at night when i came home what i was doing in the morning and everyone's got their millionaire morning routine it's not that it's more like how do I interact with my wife when I first walk in the door, knowing that she is a different personality than mine? I'm a physical touch person, right? I would go in and give her this bear hug and she would be like, get the hell away from me, you creep. You know, she's a quality time person, five love, love languages. If anybody hasn't read the five love languages, very important yep. book to read. Knowing what your, how your partner wants to receive love. So things like that. What would, I, what I would do with my phone, my kids, all that stuff. So that's a free resource. You guys can go check it out. It also gives you access to my email list. I write a few times a week. People really tend to like that. Uh, I'm very active on Instagram and on LinkedIn as my name, Brian Panuzzo, P-A-N-N-U-Z-Z-O. I appreciate you guys so much. for. Oh, thanks for listening again. That was Brian Panuzzo from Success Lift Podcast. Check him out on his website, thesuccesslift.com. Um, search him on Instagram, Brian Panuzzo and LinkedIn. Um, Hey, hopefully he changed your life. He's going to continue to change it. Check him out. Um, subscribe to his uh, podcast. Listen to him. Um, obviously, keep listening to us. Where we keep making your lives better by introducing you to all these new and interesting people. We have another one next week. Um, and who knows what's going to happen after that? Just keep fucking listening. Peace. Thanks for listening.